Welcome to Coffee with the Snows, where we talk about everything from the Bible to current events, but always flavored with high-octane caffeine and biblical thoughts. I'm your host, Art Snow, along with my co-host and beautiful wife, Sharon Snow. We begin every broadcast with me describing our coffee mug of the day. That's because every mug in my collection has a story. So the coffee mug I have today I'm drinking from, it's kind of maroon reddish look. And it has a cross in the center, and it says, Serving in His Steps, Loving, Giving, and Caring. Every time I drink from this mug, I am reminded that my life is about loving people, giving, living a, a giving lifestyle, and caring about people. So for some reason, coffee just tastes better in a mug that has a message. And I really love this message. Well, Sharon, what should we talk about today in this episode? Well, let's talk about extremes in the body of Christ. Oh, wow. What in the world could that be? I don't know. It seems like it should just be a pretty straight, fat path. But I think there have been some rabbit trails down through history that have taken us places we might not have had to go. One of the benefits of of, um, being a seasoned saint, that's what we called ourselves, right? When you get older, you call yourself a seasoned saint. It's opposed to calling ourselves old, right? right? So we've been saved long enough to have seen a whole bunch of stuff come down the pike. Um, we have always believed that the Bible is our guide, and we live our lives according to the value system in the Bible. So unfortunately, what has happened along the way is there are schisms. There are rabbit trails, as you call them, uh, spiritually speaking. And you and I have grown up in a number of those. And all we have to say this from the outset that all these extreme teaching things that we've seen, we've stayed true to the course. We've never gone down that rabbit trail or that rabbit trail. We believe that the safest way is to stay right in the center of the biblical truth, right? So give us an example of maybe one that you can recall. Well, one that I can recall early on was something called the shepherding movement. Mm. And I, I think we also have to say at the outset that every one of these rabbit trails, uh, started with a a seed of truth. There's scriptural truth in all of them, but they were just taken to an extreme measure that kind of got them a little off base. That's a good example. So the shepherding movement was begun by five men in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and they believed in one scriptural text. The emphasis is on one scriptural text, 2 Timothy 2.2. The Apostle Paul writes to Timothy and says, Timothy, Whatever I gave to you, teach other young men that they may in turn teach other young men. So the concept was that Paul was the shepherd and Timothy was the sheep. And Paul taught Timothy certain things that he should pass on to others. And that was the way the kingdom of God would grow. And that's exactly biblically correct. So the unfortunate thing was these five men had people they discipled. And those disciples discipled five other men. And those disciples discipled five other men or women, as the case would be. So what happened, that sounds so good, sounds so biblically true. What happened along the path that made that thing take a left turn? Well, I I think the the five men, the five original men, probably stayed true to their vision and they just discipled. But as it got down the line, uh, when it got to Ohio, it was almost, I'm your shepherd, I tell you what to do. Or, you're my shepherd, I can't do anything without asking you. Uh, I remember you being asked 
to uh, tell a young lady what kind of car she should buy because you were her shepherd, which I, I, I laughed. I thought, well, you'd have to ask my dad or me because he would have no, no idea what kind of a car you should drive. But it just, be, it just became, uh, it became oppressive. Uh, and people were, were asked to do things or made to do things, quote unquote, for their shepherd that were, it was far, far field from the way those five men ever started it or probably ever even intended it to go. And that, that's what happens, right? The purity, uh, the further down the stream it goes, the less pure the teaching becomes. Right. So it actually became abusive in many ways. In fact, three of those five men publicly repented for their association with the shepherding movement. So like any... Um, rabbit trail, it begins, like you said, with a kernel of truth. So any truth stretched out of, out of balance becomes an error. So that, that's a good example for the first one. I'm thinking now of, um, remember a long time ago, probably in the 70s, early 80s, late 70s, there was something called the glory barn. Remember that? And that, that was an extreme faith teaching. What do you remember about that experience? I remember two of our friends almost dying because mm. they didn't believe in doctors. They wouldn't let them go to doctors. Uh, people had to have babies, you know, uh, within the, the, the group. They, they, weren't, they weren't trained. They were being, babies were being delivered by untrained people. And um, I, I specifically remember a young man with epilepsy who you know, wasn't allowed to take medicine. And that's just so unfortunate, especially for me as a, my nursing background. I just found that I, I don't think that's biblical. Right. So it became really stretched out, way away from the scriptures. Um, I can recall people in those days putting like um, brand new cars or boats on their refrigerator and claiming that boat for them. They say, I'm claiming this pink Cadillac for me. I'm claiming this brand new mansion for me because I, I'm a king's kid. And after all, that's what I deserve. So this extreme faith got people with their eyes not on Jesus anymore, but what Jesus could do for them. So they no longer looked at the eyes of Christ or the heart of Christ. They looked at the hand of Christ to see what God could give them. So it became a very self-centered, self-serving movement. Remember that? Yeah, and it was very materialistic. It was right. It was right. all about greed, mm -hmm. and greed, I think, is one of the the base human characteristics. We we have a lust. Well, you know, the scripture says that the lust of the eye. You know, it, Proverbs says the eye is never satisfied. You know, there's multiple things in the Word that warn us from from trying to acquire things, but yet the faith teach that extreme faith teaching, um, which again, is I don't think any of the men who started it preached that. I think they were just faithful men and then their followers took it to the extreme and out of context. But, um, you know, it was, it really was centered very much in greed and Jesus do something for me. And God's not, uh, Santa Claus and he's not a sugar daddy, you know, <laughs> that's he, right. It's not how uh, he operates. So if you go the opposite of that, there was something called the poverty teaching that happened in the body of Christ a number of years ago. Yeah, I'm a lot more comfortable with that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that like balance in between, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, You can yeah. still own a nice motorcycle, but uh, yeah, not live in, a, in lavish, uh, grandiose right. things. Right. So 
I can recall one particular incident. It, in the 70s, our church, the early church, the first church we started, we did rock and roll concerts, right? Christian rock and roll concerts. We did them every weekend. It was great. Those were great days, weren't they? Crazy times. Didn't get a lot of sleep, but had a lot of fun. So we brought every Christian artist in from all across the nation. Everybody was anybody in the Christian rock and roll world came to Canton, Ohio, and came to our concerts. It's because there was only 10 of them back then. (laughs) (laughs) Well, might have been 20. Maybe 12. (laughs) So do you remember the night at Timken High School? We had a Wednesday night concert back-to-back with a Thursday night concert. Do you remember that time? I do. Okay, we don't have to use names necessarily, but we can tell the story. All right, so... Let's talk about the Wednesday night concert first. Wednesday night concert, we had Joe Schmo from Kokomo. I'm hiding his identity. You might figure it out there. So we had this, this great Christian artist come in. He was well-known all throughout the world, and he was a very good singer and musician. So in those days, we used to try to get Christian music in the hands of young people. Remember that? So we would buy the Christian albums from the local bookstore for $5.99. That's how cheap it was in those days to buy a good Christian album. We would sell them in the foyer of the concerts that we did for $6. So we didn't have to deal with change, right? So it's 6 bucks, easy, easy peasy, in and out. So this guy we have come in, he didn't believe in selling albums. He believed in giving them away. So he comes in and he demands this grand piano deal. And he comes in, he says, I won't go on the stage until... You get rid of those albums in the foyer. And I said, well, no, no, you don't understand. We're not making any money here. We're just putting them in the hands of young people, young Christians. He said, no, I don't believe in selling albums at all. You got to get rid of them before I go on stage. So he dutifully went, got rid of all the albums off the, off the foyer. And then he said, um, then he got out there and started playing music. And he started saying, if you have two can openers, you're in sin. Because you should have one and give the other can up on our way. And he went this long involved thing about how Jesus had no place to lay his head, and therefore every Christian should live in poverty. All right? That, that's what he said. Now tell us what happened the next night. This the, he laid this whole deal on all these young people that were there, and we all felt like, oh, I've got to give everything away. Right. Well, the next night, the next artist came in and was very undemanding. In fact, I was in the hallway setting up tables to sell the albums again. And I looked over and he was actually helping me set up. And I said, you don't have to do that. We'll, you know, you can go back and pray or get ready. And he said, no, it, it's okay. He said, I, I'm, I'm about being a servant. He said, I think God asks us to have a servant's heart. And so very undemanding, very willing to help, very, very cooperative, and just a whole different um whole different demeanor about him about him the artist individually and about the concert that night you know it was just a whole whole different deal all right so he brought balance right so in fact most of the people that were at the concert the night before came to the second concert as well because they're all concert goers of course and they were able to have a, a balance of viewpoint of the kingdom of god because of that yeah so uh the next one let's talk about the hyper grace teaching that's very prevalent today, right? So it's, it's grace upon grace upon grace. So here's the unfortunate thing about preaching is that when these extreme things happen, you try to avoid preaching on it because 
you're so tired of the extremes. So I never get tired of talking about the grace of God. That's how I got here. That's how I got to the kingdom is because it was enormous grace. But today, when you say the word grace, it has a whole other meaning. Talk to us about that, Sharon. Well, I think there is grace in the kingdom. We're all here by grace. We're saved by grace. We're, we, I, 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 can't, I can't exist a day without the immeasurable grace of God. But I think sometimes uh, grace, when, when over, over, emphasized? I, overemphasized, that's a good word, I think it, it causes you to either reduce or avoid your responsibility for personal, you know, personal integrity, personal choices. You know, it, it's kind of like the once saved, always saved. You know, there's nothing I can do to get out from under God's grace. That's true. That is a true statement. But that doesn't mean that if I happen to like sex, I can sleep with anybody I want to sleep with, I and I can just say, oh, God, forgive me. Because, yes, does he forgive me? Yes. But there's there's a responsibility, there's a growth, there's a maturity that has to happen where, like Hebrews tells us, we eventually we lay aside childish things. We go from milk to meat. We, 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 we should get to the point where we stop having to hear Galatians 5 repeated to us of all the things we should avoid, and we should start to live in Galatians 5.22, which is the fruit of the Spirit, where we have self-control and where we have things that allow us to align ourselves with the scriptures as far as right living and not just sinning because we can and because we want to. Ah, that's good. Yeah. You know, in fact, the whole grace teaching gets so far extreme that essentially they believe um, that you can believe you go take it so far, stretch it so far out of balance that nobody ever goes to hell. Right. A number of years ago, Rob Bell wrote that book called Love Wins, where essentially it's universalism, where the grace of God is so big that uh, nobody ever goes to hell because love wins eventually. So there has to be a biblical balance to the whole teaching. So let's take one more. Can you think of one more? Um, I'm not sure. Well, I don't know if this would be an extreme in the body of Christ, but I think there was a time when... Um, men ruled the church and women were not. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I distinctly remember, I think it was sort of in the aftermath of the shepherding teaching, probably, I'm, not that I would equate the two um, movements together, but I remember being in a meeting, and I've always had an opinion. I've always been a really, <laughs> yes, <you have. laughs> I've always been a really strong woman, and I, I feel like I've been an intelligent woman. I, I feel like I've been balanced kingdom wise and, and haven't, you know, done anything weird or wacky. But I remember sitting in a meeting and being told that the role of women in the church was to clean house, bear children and fold towels as unto the Lord. (laughs) And I, I, I Mm. remember Emily was a real, a, a baby. And I remember pinching her leg and making her cry so that I could leave the meeting. Wow. And I left the meeting because she was crying and I went out and I walked uh, the property where this meeting was being held 
And I, I just prayed. I said, God, that cannot be my portion in your mm, kingdom. Yeah. That to fold towels as unto the Lord. I mean, I, I love a clean closet. You know, you know yeah. that I love a neat t- closet, towels all folded, facing the same way in ascending or descending color order. But no, that's <laughs> not, that's not what God created me for, and that's not my purpose in life. I can remember a time where we sat on a a uh, leadership council together and you were the only woman there and one of the men said i'm not sure i could talk openly with a woman in the room and eventually he stayed for quite a while a number of years in that organization uh, but ev- eventually he understood that this was not a biblical way of thought whatsoever and i think how you handled yourself when he said that and how you handled yourself after the years after that showed him that women are the equal part of, of the body of christ I always found it odd that they would trust me with tens of thousands of dollars and never even ask for a a financial accounting. I mean, I gave them one, but they never questioned any of the money that I spent or, or how I handled any of their money. But that there were men in the room who didn't feel like they could talk about scripture with a woman present. And I, I always wondered, uh, what, where where that came from like because Jesus obviously taught with women around him and and I remember being excused to the basketball court <laughs> while they discussed whether or not I would be allowed to sit in the meetings oh, ridiculous. and uh playing playing basketball shooting baskets as I prayed and uh then you know one of the men came out and said Sharon it's we're sorry but um we still want you to handle our money and we still think you're a woman of integrity and we still want you on you know on our board but when we talk about scriptures, you'll have to leave. <laughs> How crazy is that, right? But listen, I think that's an episode, another episode all to itself, because that thing really goes different directions, doesn't it? Yeah, we've, it we've watched that, and we watched the extreme, and we watched it come back to center again. So, well, I think the last thing I want to talk about probably is um, the importance of every believer reading their Bibles. The Bible says, study to show yourselves approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth and if you do that so if you do that then you never get taken away into error so many many years ago the way they trained bank tellers was they made you handle real money for two weeks they taught you everything about the texture of real money the smell of real money and then the test at the end before you graduated was they slipped a counterfeit 20 in a stack of real 20s and you had to find out which one was counterfeit ah that's the key Study the true so well, yet you know when a counterfeit comes along. Would you say that's good advice? I would, and I would add to that that every scripture needs to be needs to be measured by Genesis to Revelation. It can't be plucked out and just let it stand on its own. It has to have a a entire biblical view. It has to have a historical view. And then there has to be a doctrinal view. And once you apply those grids to every scripture, it becomes like a fence Mm -hmm. that keeps you on the narrow path moving toward God. And it doesn't allow you access to rabbit trails. That's good stuff, Sharon. Good job. All right. (laughs) Sure. Hey, listen, that appears that the coffee cup is empty. So that's my cue to close this episode for today. Until we meet again, keep your coffee strong and your walk with God stronger.